true reason you show up here? Why do you really come? What is the real purpose of coming to church? And I thought about what is the purpose of Jesus' birth and for us coming together in the house of God? Why is all of this taking place? What is the purpose of all of this? And I believe it's to fulfill God's plan. It's exactly what God designated for us to do. And I looked into this, and we must always keep our worship of Jesus Christ the focus of every ministry and every service. No matter what we're doing here, whether you ladies are playing the piano or whether someone's standing here singing or someone comes to preach or someone's teaching a Sunday school class or the ladies are leading the kids in song on Sunday or the deacons are handing out gifts, remember everything we do, we want to do in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so why are we coming together? Well, there's some things that we find in these passages that are astounding. I know we read them and sometimes we glaze over things because we've read them so many times or we've heard them so many times so we just don't think much about them anymore. But when you look at this, it's clear to us that Jesus' uh, Savior was born to be the King of the Jews. And then they just tell us He was born to be the King of the Jews. <laughs> well, you know what? Jesus was born that He might die for our sin. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? <laughs> he was born to die for our sin. We find that in these passages. And then we find that He was born to be worshipped. We see those three kings coming and worshiping him, bringing gifts unto the Savior. So tonight, I just want to briefly look at a few things, and I want us to challenge our own hearts as we look and understand these truths and why they're so significant to us, and the announcement of his birth, and what took place, and what these Jews believed and sought to do. And it's an amazing story as we look at it, and I never want you to grow tired of it. You know, we celebrate this around Christmas. A lot of times we don't even read these passages until around Christmas time. But they're so significant to the Savior, to the birth of our Savior. And as you look, Jesus was born that he might be the king of the Jews. When you look at verses 1 and 2 here, <clears throat> it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the day of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born? What is the phrase? King of the Jews. <laughs> he was born to be king of the Jews. Throughout history, uh, of the Jewish people, God had promised them a Savior, so they knew that God had promised them a Messiah, didn't they? These folks that studied the Scriptures and would teach and train, they knew that God had promised this. In fact, in Psalm 33:12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. <laughs> and these folks actually knew that Jesus was the idea or the Messiah was going to come. These men that saw the star that night recognized something unique and it brought them to the Savior. And these men were fully aware of this baby and knew that he was born to be king. And God gave a special sign that night. When you read in the scriptures that special sign that he gave, a miraculous star that announced the birth of the king. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful that God used the creation to announce the birth of his son? And we look at this and this was not some astrologers. This is not your... Uh, folks reading those heresy things that we get, you know, what do they call those things? Horoscopes, right. I always, my mom used to get angry at me. I used to call them horror scopes. And uh, it was never, never meant anything to me. But people count more on reading their horoscope than they do on, on the Word of God. But these were astrologers. These were men who really studied the stars, and, and they noticed that it announced this, and they were scholars who studied these things. And this star led them to Jerusalem where God's prophets told them that the king would be born in Bethlehem. 
Now, God did that. He trained these folks so that they understood what was taking place. And you think about this. If the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others would have looked closer at the birth and life of Christ, they would not have missed what the Word told them, would they? If they would have just read what the Word told them, they would not have missed that Jesus was born King of the Jews. Keep in mind that these wise men were not Jews. These wise men were Gentiles. <laughs> these were Gentiles that went to see the birth of the King of the Jews. And, and you think about this, as they arrived, these Gentiles went there to see this birth. In John 4:42, the Bible says, And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. <laughs> He's the Savior of the world. These Pharisees, these Sadducees, the very people who studied the Word of God, missed it. Boy, we ought to perk our ears up when we hear that statement. They studied the Word of God, but they missed it. Don't be just studying. You have to absorb. You have to take it in. Amen? You have to know Christ as your Savior. And so, as we look at this, and you see this, when we look at the world today, they want to, sometimes what I consider, dethrone our king. Would you agree? They want to dethrone him. They, 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 I'm grateful that our president said we're going to celebrate Merry Christmas again and all. And all that's wonderful. But we ought to celebrate Christmas every day. <laughs> we ought to be thankful every day that it's coming. And the fact is, is that what we see and, and what we look at here, you have people just want to celebrate a holiday now. They just want time off from work. They just want to buy gifts. Uh, Macy's just wants their numbers to go up. Are you with me? And the reality is, is why are we doing what we're doing? And we come together as we celebrate this, and they've got season greetings, and we got the Savior of the world. <laughs> and we ought to promote that a whole lot more than we do, amen? And we ought to make a big deal about it. So when we look at this, as a Christian, we celebrate the birth of the King of the Jews and the Savior of the world, and we ought to be confident that Jesus was born exactly how God said he was. You look at verses 18 through 25, and he clearly tells us this is what occurred that the Holy Ghost planted that seed in Mary's womb. He was born of a virgin. And the Bible said, And his name shall be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that wonderful? And so he was born the king of the Jews. And so he was born to fulfill God's purpose. That purpose was to come down as the king of the Jews. Well, God had a purpose when they rejected him. And God had a purpose. Jesus was born that he would die for us. If you were to read 3 through 8 again, and also I want you to notice in verse 16 that it says in chapter 2 that Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently acquired of these wise men. Can you imagine what happened that day? I mean, we read over something and we scarcely grab what, just, what I just read. There was a slaughter of children of two years old and under to get to Jesus. So they wiped them all out. Now, I don't know about you, but if they had come to take my two-year-old's life, I'd have felt a battle ensuing, right? We would have wanted to stop all of this, but it says this is what Herod did. Why? Why? because he was in search of the one who was going to become king of the Jews. 
the one that was going to probably exceed anything, and he was thinking of an earthly kingdom, and God had a heavenly kingdom in mind, didn't he? And so we look to this, and we see this throughout the Scriptures. We're promised the coming Messiah, and Jesus was born, but with a purpose that he may die and save his people from their sins. When you, when you uh, read through the Scriptures and you see this here, he died that he might die for our sins. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, he said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, Paul speaking, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. You know, when I look at this from his very birth... <laughs> From the time he was born, and even prior, Satan was after him, wasn't he? <laughs> he didn't want him to survive. And, and, and we look at this and we see it, that not only Satan, but the world set out to destroy him. And we see that in, in the times of Herod, the world set out to destroy him. And folks, we ought to elevate him as high as we possibly can. We ought to magnify his name as often as we can. Because if it were up to the world, the world in which we live, they would destroy his name and wipe it out if they could. As we think about the scriptures from his very birth, Satan and the world want to destroy him, but his time wasn't appointed. You know, when Herod went after him, guess what? <laughs> he wasn't there anymore. He wasn't around because it wasn't his appointed time. God had an appointed time for Jesus Christ to die. That's what's so amazing. No one could harm him because... He had an appointed time to die, didn't he? Something he had to fulfill. And in John 7, 6 through 8, then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hateth me, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. He said, It's not time for me to go yet even then. There was an appointed time for Christ to die. In Matthew 26, 18, and he said, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. Listen, he knew it was time, didn't he? He had an appointed time to die. And he came to fulfill God's purpose. I looked at this and I thought about how Herod put, a, put together a plot, but God had a plan from eternity past, didn't he? <laughs> Herod's trying to put this plot together, and God had this plan already worked out. He already knew. And, and you begin to think about Herod. By the way, Herod was a partial Jew. I don't know if you know that or not. He came from Esau's line. And you go back and you study uh, historically, and you begin to find out that Herod was part of Esau's line. And, and, and he lied <clears throat> and told these wise men that he wanted to worship the new king. And these wise men, they were seeking the king. And Herod, he was wanting to oppose the king. And the Jews' priests were ignoring the king. They knew where he was going to be born, and ignored it. And the very things that God had told them in the Scriptures, they ignored it. And here's the thing. I was at a funeral the other day preaching. Brother Mike, I was trying to tell him, we need not ignore this book, because <laughs> there's coming a day we'll be held accountable for what this says. And the fact is, is we are all going to be held accountable, and we'll stand before God one day. And what are you going to tell him that's going to let you into his kingdom? Well, let me tell you, Lord, I did enough good things so I can get in. My works outweighed my bad works. My good works were better. I mean, what are you going to tell him? I mean, if we could do that, we could all just do some good things and get up there and just debate, and, and I'd be standing there shoulder-blocking Jim and Chris saying, look, look what I did, Lord. These guys don't deserve to get in. I do, and here's what I did. <laughs> That'd be foolish, wouldn't it? And we'd be up there standing arguing about why we should get into heaven. 
And Herod, this partial Jew, <clears throat> he was opposing the king. The Jewish priests were ignoring the king. And the priests knew the scriptures and pointed others to the Savior. And if you look at this, they went to him and said, where's this guy supposed to be born? And they said, over here. So they went. <laughs> the Gentiles went to him. The very men that knew that they were supposed to go didn't go. But those that were Gentiles went over. So the priests knew the scriptures and pointed others to the Savior, but only five miles away, they didn't even go. They didn't show up. They didn't arrive to see who this was. You know, they even quoted Micah 5.2, but they didn't obey it. These Jews quoted Micah 5.2 and didn't obey it. They didn't listen to the, God's word. And, and I say to you, God help us not to be guilty of quoting and not obeying. Because we can quote and not obey, amen? Chris, we've got what now, four of them? And we can keep on quoting them, but never obey them. And you think about the verses that Brother Chris is coming up here and sharing with us week after week after week after week and how many he's given to you, and you can hear them and not obey them. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to these Pharisees, these Sadducees. That's exactly what happened to these folks. Micah 5, 2. You ready for this? This is a beautiful verse. You ought to write this down. <laughs> but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. <laughs> they, they quoted that verse and missed it. How many verses do we quote and miss it? How many verses do we know and not obey? <laughs> Listen, we can be just as guilty because we can look at these folks and say, how could they possibly have missed this? <laughs> And we open the Bible and we read it. How could we possibly miss some things? Amen? Because you know the Bible says he's coming again, doesn't it? How could we possibly miss it? How could we possibly miss it? Jesus was born that he might die at an appointed time to fulfill the scriptures in 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see... Eternal life is not about getting baptized. People get trained that you get baptized and you go to heaven when you get baptized. How many of you have heard that in your lifetime? Or how many of you have even been in churches that do that? And they baptize you and say you're on your way to heaven because they baptized you. And you find that in the scriptures anywhere. <laughs> and yet the scriptures teach us that we must be born again. Amen? Amen? And the Bible teaches us that we have to trust Christ as Savior. You see, he came to fulfill God's purpose when you read 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Not that you get baptized in the name of the Son of God, but that you believe in the name of the Son of God. You have to trust in Him. This is not just a, an idea of some ritual. This is the idea that I have trusted in my heart who He is as Savior. And He came to fulfill God's purpose. And we will look at this. We see that the only way to have everlasting life is through Him. So He was born to fulfill God's purpose to die for the sins of mankind. And Jesus was also born to be worshipped. <laughs> and you know, folks, when you come to church, what are you coming for? See, if you're saved, we're coming here not just so we can fellowship, but that we might worship Jesus Christ. Amen? We come together. Hey, listen, from the time you ladies and you men pick those kids up on the buses to the time they hit these doors till the time people walk into their Sunday school classes, everything we do is about Jesus Christ. Amen? Our focus is Him. And, and everything that happens ought to have that eternity in mind. 
that every opportunity that I have to speak to someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to take that opportunity. When I look at this, Jesus was born to be worshipped, and we see this in the scriptures as you look at these men. In verse 11, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and did something to this baby. What did they do? In verse 11, and worshipped. You see, Jesus was born that he might be worshipped. Now, as we look at this, the birth of Jesus is not a story we tell at Christmas time, and it's not a myth. It's a reality. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It never says you get baptized. It says that you believe, amen? That is you personally taking and making a personal conscious decision about who Jesus Christ is, amen? Jesus was born that he might be worshipped by all men, and when these Gentiles saw their star, the star again, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And you know, folks, there's coming a day. And boy, I pray in my heart that every one of you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I didn't ask you if you were religious. I asked you, are you saved? Salvation is of the Lord, amen? amen. Let me read a couple of verses to you, and I just want you to get a hold of this tonight. Romans 14, 11, and 12. For it is written. <laughs> Amen. You give me any Bible, it's in there. For it is written. As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And people say, well, see right there, you're going to stand before God, and you're going to tell him all your good, wait out your bad. No. <laughs> There's one thing he wants to know, right? And he's going to look at you, and he's going to say one of two things. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, or turn from me, I never knew you. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? Now, when you read this verse, he said, there's coming a day, and every tongue shall confess. That means that you agree with God. When you confess, you agree with God. And there's coming a day when it's going to happen, and you're not going to have a choice in the matter at that point. You're going to confess. <laughs> and this is the one that really rivets my soul, Philippians 2, 10, 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day. There's a reckoning going to happen. Jesus is coming again. Let us not miss it. When I look at this, you get the picture of a child getting the gift they always desired, and now it's in their presence. And I don't know about you, but I look at these three wise men, and when they fell down and worshipped him, here they had this wonderful, marvelous gift given unto them. And all they could do is give them what they had. Amen? And all they had was some gold and some frankincense and some myrrh, and they gave it to him and just could not give back what had just been given unto them. Amen. And they gave the most. Now think about this. They didn't just give gifts. They gave the most precious things in that time. These three things that are here, the frankincense and the myrrh and the gold, it was as precious as you could get. These were the most high things that you could possibly give. And that was the gift that they brought and laid it at the Savior's feet. <laughs> These men, when they found the Savior, they fell down and worshipped him. This is not like they came in and started going, oh, coo, coo, 
cool baby. <laughs> I don't think that happened. I think they fell prostrate. Are you with me? And they laid down and worshipped him because they knew he was the king of the Jews. They knew that he had come to die for them and they knew he needed to be worshipped. <laughs> and therefore it's our example. You know, men want to worship all kinds of things today. And you think about it, we worship power, we worship position, we worship money, societal things. Am I right? I mean, men, you watch them, they worship all kinds of things. And all those things will be of naught, will they not? They're all going to burn up. All those things that we think are so precious are going to go to the wayside. Let's be as John on the Isle of Patmos. I thought about this as I thought about John. How many of you have just gone in and read the book of Revelation? You see John out there on that aisle. Believe me, he was not in the Caribbean enjoying himself. That is not what the Isle of Patmos was. He was exiled. And when he was exiled, he was in a tough, rough conditions. And I look at that and I see this man on the Isle of Patmos. And he said, and I fell at his feet to worship him. <laughs> at the Isle of Patmos. At the worst, at the lowest ebb of his life. The worst conditions, the worst thing that he could be at. And he fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant. And he goes, And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The angel said, You, you got it wrong. <laughs> John fell down to worship him. And he goes, Wait, you got it wrong. There are religions that worship all kinds of things but Jesus. They worship Mary, right? They worship all kinds of religious rituals. They worship all kinds of things, and they miss it because none of that is to be worshipped. And by the way, the only one that we offer up our worship unto is God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't worship those that were a part of Jesus' life. We worship Jesus. Amen. We may honor them, but we don't worship them. <laughs> Jesus was born to be worshipped for all eternity. 